out there in the galaxy, it's time for another episode of Star Wars All In, the show that goes all in about all the things, the characters, the details, the stuff, the things, the ships, the media franchise empires of that Lucasfilm property, Star Wars. I'm one of your hosts, my name is Mac, and I'm here with my fellow review critic, Ross. Mac, it is great to be here. We've got Rancors, we've got Baby Yodas, we've got Vespas, we've got a planet you've seen plenty of before. Boy, I cannot wait to talk about the book of Boba Fett and all of its glory. And we've got spoilers, spoilers, spoilers for everything. <laughs> I mean, like everything. You like, like spoilers? This is the episode for you. Yeah, we're going to talk about the uh, the entire season of Book of Boba Fett, and I'm sure we'll talk about just about everything else in Star Wars as we dance along this. Um, so get ready, get set. It's coming at you right after this. So, uh, yeah, again, just another warning, spoilers, um, because I, this is, other than, uh, like, specials when uh, Episode 9 came out, I don't think we've done a episode this close. But, hey, you know what? Last week, you would have gotten spoilers, too. Like, welcome to Spoiler Zone. Spoilers everywhere. Look over there. Look over there. Spoilers. But it's yeah. so exciting, we can't not talk about it. <laughs> you know, we, we felt like this just felt right. This just mm -hmm. felt like the right topic for the day. We are going to really just share our initial reactions, our thoughts, to the entire first season of The Book of Boba Fett. And yes. let's just start with overall opinion. Do you mind if I go first? Go for it. All right. So overall, I have watched, you know, pretty much the whole season, at least every episode twice. So I've seen it a fair bit now, mm -hmm. um, with the exception of maybe episode six. I think I've only watched that once. But basically, I know. I've seen the whole thing. I've been through it. I've enjoyed it. Um, my overall thoughts are Star Wars has a marketing problem. But beyond <laughs> that, I think we're really getting the kind of content that I wanted, you know, in 2016. We're getting the content that I initially thought Disney should have and was going to start with. And that is what mm. I like to, you know, call the the filling in the gaps content. You know, we're, we're going through, we're like <clears throat> telling stories that are with people we've seen, with places we know, but we're also sprinkling in new characters, new things. We're developing the universe. We're yes. moving towards new stuff, right? And that's what Legends was. Like, yes, we got new things, especially, you know, when we were in parts of the timeline that weren't explored yet, of course. Right. Mm -hmm. But when we were in the post-Endor era, and yeah, there are specific examples outside of this, almost every story is in some variation of about Han, Luke, or Leia. Yeah. Right? Like, every book, the majority, for the yeah. most part, is about them or their children or you know, someone we've come to know from them. You know, you Someone have, tied to the Skywalker saga. Yeah, you have the the odd standouts of a book like, oh, I don't know, I Jedi, right? Yeah. But that book still has Luke's in that. <laughs> like, there's well, other things in that book that we know and have seen. I think Coruscant's, like, there's a lot in that. So, And I think that's, to be honest, it's probably one of the reasons that the post-Endor content was my least touched in the EU, mostly because yeah. it did feel like it was this big sweeping thing that you had to go 
get a reading order to figure out how you're supposed to like tackle this stuff because Mm -hmm. um the nice thing about what we're seeing in this little pocket of the universe is while we are touching on major characters they are absolutely cameos they are characters that are stepping in to help move the story forward and then stepping back out and i am of two minds of this because part of me is like this is great this is a large interconnected universe and this isn't, you know, TV in the 90s where Luke Skywalker has to step in and explain who he is, you know, getting right. away from the story because, you know, you can't rely that the Watcher has seen the follow-up show. You know, that isn't where we're at in television anymore. And so to have this kind of content, I, frankly, this to me feels like building the same kind of universe that Legends was living in. And let me clarify, that's a good thing because that's always what it was going to be. But basically, this kind of content, this smaller scale, you know, characters meeting, places we've seen before, you know, back on Tatooine, but also get to see some new planets, get to see some new things, but new characters we've already met. Hey, they're coming back into the fray now in the final act, but really, you know, we're, we're telling a story with pieces we've already seen. Yep. And that is very, very interesting. I'm enjoying it a lot. But we also have to remember that that's what this is, right? You know, we're we're not trying to necessarily tread new ground. So everything that I think about, I'm trying to put through that lens of, remember, this is a smaller story. This is a creating lore and creating background for these characters' story. Yeah. This is not, you know, the marquee headline story. And that, to me, is a good thing. That is what I want. But at the same time, I think expectations have to be sort of tempered that way. Basically, what I'm saying is, Mm. with all of this content, I feel like it's always better in hindsight. It's always better in retrospect. You know, when you're waiting on the edge of your seat for the end of episode, you know, I'm four, right? I'm just pulling out a random number here, right? Because, oh, this might be something big happening. And then you left feeling not satisfied. Well, that's just because this is just a small part of a small story. And so I'm not saying that I feel like the content should be released all at once. I'm not saying I feel like, you know, it's not a good caliber of content. I'm just saying that when you have, like, when we look back at season one and two of The Mandalorian together, it is better than season one was individually. It is better than season two was individually when you look at it as a whole and the mm-hmm. story it's telling. And Boba Fett and this, you know, seven episode arc here of the Mandalorian story as the book of Boba Fett will become more interesting and more important and more key to the story, most likely, as yeah. things go forward. And even if it doesn't, even if this just serves as character development for Boba Fett now, at some point, we will be back to Mos Espa. We will see the city thriving under him. Mm-hmm. You know, we now have uh, some resolution on Grogu and Luke's story. And so we are set up for Mandalorian Season 3 to be in a new place and to start a new story than we were expecting at the end of Season 2. You know, we've already covered like 70% of what we thought could potentially be in there. So it's a really, really good place we're in coming out of the finale here of Book of Boba Fett. Uh, Love the post-credit scene, which we'll talk about. But all in all, (laughs) as Mac rolls his eyes, don't worry, it's nothing terrible. I could fill you in very quickly. I'm just like, 
I don't know if I watched it. I think I did. Maybe. I don't know. It's it's been a long week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so overall, I'm very positive on it. I'm more positive on it the longer I sit. And I'm just trying to remember that as I'm waiting those six excruciating days between each episode, it's that <laughs> it is better when you have the whole picture. Yeah. And I mean, so my general view is I really, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm going to be one of those guys that I, I wasn't... I was into the show and curious where it was going, but I was definitely, I guess, disappointed by the storytelling. So the first four episodes, let's talk about, let me just talk about my experience with that, and then we'll talk about the last. Sure. Um, The first four episodes, I I think I've said it in the podcast, at least in the appendices before, like, I found flashbacks are not a great way to tell Star Wars stories. I think there's a reason that the majority of Star Wars content has generally avoided them. And that it's it's weird to tell the story backwards and then forwards and then backwards and then forwards. While it's a total normal convention of TV, movie, and visual storytelling, Star Wars has generally liked to tell its stories in the present tense constantly. And I love that. And so for me, it was like very back and forth. And I was basically engaged in half of the story at any given time, whether it was, hey, here he is with the Tuscans. I'm like, awesome. I understand his motivation. He wants to survive. He's got his armor stripped from him. He's got these Tux- Tuscans. If he doesn't make some sort of pact or impress them or do something with them, they're either going to kill him or he'll just die out here in the desert. I know why Boba Fett is doing this. And then Boba Fett reclaiming Jabba's um, palace was, the I think, the more visually interesting stuff, going into the parlor and seeing what, like, a upscale nightclub kind of feel feels like in Mos Espa and him reclaiming the parts of the palace and having, you know, uh, rewiring the droid to uh, be his manservant and having audience and stuff like was all interesting. I just didn't know why he was doing it. Um, And eventually you get to the end of episode four and sort of those threads finally stitch into each other. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm ready to go. I know, understand what the show is now. Now he's going to go hire, you know, a rogues gallery of guys to go help him fight stuff. I did not, the first viewing, notice the fact that when Fennec Shan says, you know, we can get muscle, but you'll need credits. Credits I have. Good people I don't, or however it went. And then if you listen to the orchestra, there are little notes of the Mandalorian theme that play off very kind of separated there. So it's like, they told you episode five was going to be Mando but I didn't hear that and so when Mando comes in and episode five feels like a totally different show um on purpose I think very on purpose um I was very activated lit up ready to go I'm like yes now now we found the plot here's the character with deep motivation that I understand with all these little moments of like uh, I, I think I told you in the one of Hennessy, like one of my favorite moments is when he's staring out on the Starliner and the little Rodian kid pops up over the top and he just looks over at him and then he looks down at the little package he has from the armor. And I'm like, yeah, that all works because we know Din's character really, really profoundly. And the problem with the rest of this show and why I think this pops so much is the show is establishing characters Fennec Shan and Boba Fett are being drafted as these new characters and even if I bring in all the baggage of Boba Fett at you know EU content that I loved most of it doesn't map because this is a very different person because of the experience he had failing at the at Jabba's sail barge being stripped of his 
essence, to be honest, with his armor being ripped off of him and having to rebuild himself. And that's why he comes out of that experience with a very different viewpoint on what he wants to do with himself. And I love that. But that's hard work. You have to build characters, show them doing things, and learn them. And, and as I said, I think their particular style of storytelling made it even less easy to get into Boba Fett's motivations because they, in my opinion, come late. So by the time you get to episode six and you glue all these pieces together and now we have Din, a character we know really, really, really well. And so we have this real emotional center that we know what we're playing with. And then you have, okay, he's going to help them fight the Pikes. And now we've established what Boba Fett's all about. We're establishing the Modders. We're establishing Freetown. We're establishing all these little pieces of why Boba Fett's war matters. So that when you get to the finale, it feels real satisfying. The stakes feel legitimate and everything sort of gelled together. It was just sort of a herky-jerky way to get there. And one of the only negatives I have about the entire show outside of arguably episode, or I'd say episode five, but arguably episode six is the first two seasons of The Mandalorian have much more rounded shows. They're not fully episodic, but they are not the way we make serialized television in most respects today. They have a beginning and middle end to every episode and the end and doesn't end on you being cut off and having to wait till next episode to watch the end of a scene play out. It's always, it ends on something that teases what's going to happen next. I've often equated it to film serials that all of Star Wars is, you know, um, brought up by where we are definitely in a serialized sense, like we are with most TVs, following one episode to the next. And if you didn't see the last episode, you won't really understand this episode. But unlike the the majority of TVs, you don't have to start episode one. You could sit down, have a decent adventure, and it would be like when people found that New Hope was episode four, and their minds exploded knowing, what the hell is one, two, and three? And what's five and six going to be? And how far do they go? And like... You know, just realizing that you were dropped in the middle of a story. Um, and I would love to see it continue going down that path more because I think that's why, I think why season episodes one through four, the internet was like, well, where's this going? I think it's going to be good, but where are we going? And I think it's because I'm uh, talking to a friend who, for one reason or another, didn't catch up with Boba Fett. He's watching through it right now. I'm realizing, like, when you binge it, those first four episodes are perfectly fine. Because most serialized TV of today is better watched in one go than it is watching it in bits. Because it's essentially, you know, mm. a six-part movie that just happens to be chopped at certain commercial breaks we call weeks. Right, right, <laughs> right. Absolutely understandable. But I think it all gels together at the end. I think it's really, really powerful. I, I hope that... Um, People don't walk away from this going like, man, Mando season three was really good. I hope they realize it was meant to be a separate show. Um, but I think they also did confuse that a little bit themselves. It it will be weird. Really, really weird. If the next season of, of uh, Mando just starts with what will be on chapter 12, chapter 13. Oh boy, off the top of my head. All right, yeah. so... 8 plus 8, right? 16, so 17. So, so if it just starts with chapter 17 as if nothing happened in between there, it would be mind-bogglingly weird. Like, this definitely carries too much of the torch of season 2 two of Mando to probably be, quote-unquote, optional content. <laughs> yeah, it's so... 
for lack of a better term, comic booky in the way it yes. crosses over. That if you let me give you another <laughs> good example, and maybe that's just what, is what Star Wars is now. But like we talked earlier about the High Republic, not earlier this episode, but earlier on the yeah. show uh, about High Republic mm-hmm. and how when I picked up the Rising Storm. Yeah. Uh, so spoilers for the first couple books in the High Republic. Uh, so uh, you know, book one ends with uh, the Nile and the Jedi kind of like both out in the universe set up, right? Then you read this young adult book that ends with the Drenger basically yeah. being introduced to the galaxy and trapped on this space station. And if you do not read the comic book, which apparently explains very key things, you'll pick up the Rising Storm, open it to the um, you know open and crawl of the Drenger are reigning terror on the galaxy. galaxy. What? No, that's what I'm here to find out about. I don't want to skip that. But and like that, I understand sometimes yeah. that feeling can be frustrating. I, but it, uh, but again, I think it's when it's written right. And what I mean by that is it's not absolutely dominated by a marketing strategy of, hey, pick up the parts that you want. But actually, you have to read them all. Um, and sometimes they're really bad about that, of leaving mm-hmm. way too much load bearing content in stuff that a majority of an audience doesn't necessarily want to engage with. Because from my perspective, I read the adult book and then the other adult book. Yeah, I didn't read worse. But it wasn't. And here's the reason. Because it's like episode two starting up with, yeah, it's been seven years. Well, what's happened in there? Probably tons of stuff. Who cares? Like, so for me, the Drengar reign across the earth. earth. And I'm like, and you start reading, you realize it has been some amount of time since the end of Light of the Jedi. Or, you know... And so you're like, oh, huh, world state's changed. And then I figured that all the comic books and all the young reader books sort of fill that in, which they do. But it, you're, it's kind of this reverse kind of thing of like, for me, I was dropped in the middle and I was okay with that. Yeah. Reading the Wikipedia and finding how much stuff happens in between there is kind of like a, well, that's okay if we're kind of going old EU and saying like, well, yeah, the episode movies are the important stuff. The other stuff is filler. You don't need to see it. And I'm like, but that is not how they want me to engage those properties as if those things are filler. And I don't think they are written well. I I do not think that I did eventually read about the Dragar because like they describe them adequately in the book, like what the, the weird plant monster things, but like it definitely felt like a cool, um, Where's your other main villain, though? Are you going to keep working on them? I mean, I heard the gays electric said once, but, like, you know, realistically, I don't know. Um, And then, uh, God, I got the names of the books all screwed up. I know, it's hard. Did you finish it? Did you finish I it? have not finished Rising Storm me, yet, no. Uh, we're in spoiler hell, so we're good. But, like... Do you need me to at, plug no, no, my no, 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 you okay. don't have to. Just, just at the end, yeah. they introduced the uh, concept of, oh... What's that out on the horizon? A third major villain thing they have to deal with. And it's like, how many do you want to have in such a short period of time? I need to really buckle down and finish these books. I am so far behind. No, you're not far behind. I'm reading two for every seven you need to read. (laughs) (laughs) That is... (laughs) Yeah. I'm only ahead of you because I've read two High Republic... Okay. I guess three High Republic books. Right. Anyway, so we've read the same amount. Yeah, yeah. Just it's ones. just it's just the fact that chronologically yeah. so much is happening yeah. between those. Uh, you know um, what? I'm going to put down Pokemon Legends Arceus tonight, and I'm going to read a book. 
I'm going to stop playing video games. I'm going to stop sitting so close to the TV. And I'm going to, I'm going to read a book. All right. Um, but the, uh, getting back to Boba Fett, like, I think there is a weird thing of like, it would be strange to me if you said, yeah, I watched uh, Mando season one and two, and then it's auto played three. What's book of, <laughs> what's book of Boba Fett? I don't, I don't think I caught that. Yeah. I that... thought it was weird. He's just in Grogu and has an N1 starfighter that they never mentioned. But you know, I just went with it. <laughs> just went with it. It's like my father-in-law was watching all the Marvel movies for the first time on Disney Plus, uh-huh. and they have them organized by phase, right? So phase one, phase two, are both in order. Yeah. Phase three was backwards. Like it started. It, like so, he watched Avengers Endgame and then Infinity War, and then what? Black Panther. I don't even know. Wow. But he like he saw that phase backwards. Whoa. And it was so funny as he was explaining well, it to me, but I just felt so bad. But also, how do you not realize by the time you're halfway through Endgame that you've missed something? Uh, well, I mean, but that's, I mean, you you were absolutely right. Uh, my buddy and I were talking about the fact of, like, how if DVD features were still, you know, a world we lived in, you know, actually robust content around yeah. the film, I would love to have, like, almost pop-up video style, just like, like, when you get to mentions of like, like I don't know, um, when you're watching Civil War and they go, yeah. the Sokovia Accords. And I would love to see the little pop-up of like, the Sokovia Accords, see Captain America, you, you know, know, and Amazon Age of Ultron. still does some of that stuff in certain versions of the Prime app, I think, especially if you have the Amazon yeah. hardware. But I would love it if everything just adopted a simple numbering. So like... Obviously, when you start to have, well, this is a Sony movie produced by Marvel, it gets more tricky. But, like, you know, this is Avengers Film 21, and just on the side of every well, DVD box was the number 21. But, you, but, like, like, but if that's you've ever dealt want. with, let's say, Firefly kids, kids really into the show Firefly, yeah. you can find out just how opinionated people get about production order versus release order yeah. for TV shows and stuff. And that's basically what you're doing with Marvel is... I think the majority of people would say that it makes the most sense to watch them sort of in the order that they came out, yeah. right? But at the same time, one can really argue, but it might be more interesting to watch it in chronological order, starting with Captain America, the first Avenger. So I guess different experience. So I would technically say you should start with Eternals now. So what I truly want, and we're not there yet, but maybe like 50 years of Disney Plus will get us this, of like... <laughs> Okay, and here is the 600-hour Avengers movie, and it just starts with scene one from the Eternals, and then no, after no, no. about an hour, we're going to jump here, over here. to some Miss Marvel content. Do you know, and then, do like, you know media production? By uh, the time we get to 50 years of the MCU, they'll be like, like, we've really simplified it. With the current batch of remakes, you can watch the third remake of Captain America, the first Avenger, then the third remake of Iron Man 1, and then the... I am not... It's we are too zoomed in of a perspective to know. Yeah. But I actually think we may be moving out of that kind of territory of film for in the big picture. Like the, that will still happen, the remake. Yeah. But I think I we're think, moving away from that. I think the biggest thing about it is I think I'm hopeful. I, I, bring it back to our topic. Either scary or not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm terrified of it personally. Yeah. Um, but like we are getting to a place where, so what if just ideas and concepts are never allowed to die or fade out of the public yeah. consciousness? What if 
we just keep resurrecting the dead and de-aging everyone so that eventually we don't even need actors. We just have mocap people that we put more interesting people's faces on. Well, we are in agreement that we do not like actors being fully recreated by computers. Um, Because to put put it bluntly, what we're talking about here is there's the Luke scene. And gosh, was it great to go to, I don't even know, did they, is they named that planet yet? The planet where his temple is? Yeah, but not in the show. It's named in something uh, else, and I can't think of it. I'm sure it's what the canon name is, but I can't. Yeah, it's I don't probably know. named in the Kylo it's Color Ren, Ren comic. comic. Yeah, it might not have been. I don't know. So the, I'll look it up. Go ahead. Man. The important thing is though, um, Luke. It was great to see his uh, academy being built. It was great to see. I think it's one of my most favorite parts of New Star Wars, uh, as far as like, oh, that's a cool thing. Is these ant droids? These hive-minded, you know, worker droids that explain why construction and stuff in the Star Wars universe goes really fast because there are there's no labor costs. They're all, you know, unless it's really specialized, uh, in you know, engineering or it's you know, humans on a junker planet being you know abused by the Empire. Generally, you don't need humans to work on this stuff. Uh, apparently, we don't know. Okay, apparently we don't know. Yeah, like Yoda species, it's just hidden. Um, so man how about in that episode of uh of of episode six yeah Yeah, where luke is like would you like to remember home and for a second i was convinced we were getting the yoda home planet species like for a half and i panicked because i knew how much you'd freak out but my thing is i really do think that there's enough old guard in lucas that adore that secret like it's so secretive. It's been secret for so long yeah. that I know they don't want to do anything well, with it. Well, I think, to your point, someone like Filoni knows that doesn't need to be explored. Yeah. But if there was ever a story to explore it, a Grogu story oh, could be the one that I, would go there. But I think Yaddle and Grogu are both sort of like almost doubling down on that secret yeah. by giving you even more reason to get close and then snatch it away from you. Well, and we also don't know there could be more secrets about Grogu to be revealed. I still think uh, Yoda laid him like an egg a la Piccolo. So Um, that's that's my theory. So he is, he should be Yoda Jr. Yeah, you've heard Just like Piccolo is actually Piccolo Jr., but we don't think about that. Exactly. A lot of juniors in that, Garlic Jr. Uh, Anyway. It's a good way to... uh, But... But like Star when Wars, you see Star Luke, Wars, no, no, focus. when you see Luke and stuff That's like that, like it's an amazing effect. It's come yeah. along, and it looks so good here. <laughs> I find it funny. People are like, "Oh my gosh, how did they get it so much better?" I'm like, six months of machine learning is a lot of machine time to get better at this." <laughs> when you feed the beast more, because that I was really the thing. Hope we get some well, behind the scenes stuff on. Well, because the yeah. thing that was really sad was a lot of people said like, "Oh, the first Luke in in season two, like, oh, it doesn't look that good." I'm like. Yeah, they had machine trained it, I think, for like four or six weeks beforehand, which it's a lot of time, especially when you have ILM ear, you know, computers. But then there was people saying like, well, I can make it better. I'm like, awesome. How long do you run this? I've been running it since the episode premiered. And that was like three months ago. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Deep fakes and machine learning, the longer you give it time, the better it gets at the process, especially if you have more materials to fill feed it with so the more stock footage and the more picture stills and the more things you feed the beast the better it gets and this was really really convincing but even with how good it looked all i could think of was like wow they have come a long way this is amazing you know it's a lot more cost effective just getting a new actor 
And you yeah. know what I could handle? Getting a new actor. I didn't watch Solo and go, who is this guy? He, I don't understand. It's not like I watched, uh, you know, Last Crusade and I'm like, wait a minute. That kid doesn't look exactly like Harrison Ford. He doesn't even have the cut on his chin. Oh, he gets the cut on his chin. Now it's making sense. But if it was a de-aged Harrison Ford, I'd understand it so much better. Like, people can handle recasting, but audiences apparently are just primed in a way that we can't. Like, we are just so obsessed with our own childhoods and our own nostalgias. We are just terrified of letting anything go away from our belief system of what it should look like. I guess so, but I don't feel like there was a lot of negative reaction to, you know, Alden and in Solo. I thought people were happy with the way he performed. Well, so, you people know, criticized it, but no one was going well, like, yeah. he's not identical to Harrison Ford. That's my main criticism. And yeah. so at the end of the day, like, I think this was really good, but it, it makes me go like, cool. Luke's stories are going to be very limited in this new universe. If we require a CGI budget every time we want him to yeah. appear. Completely Despite how good it is, I do want to say it's amazing. And the ILM team, thumbs up all around. You've come a long way since Tarkin. It (laughs) looks so great here. Um, I could watch a show of this. I just don't want to. I want a new actor. I want a new actor. I want to see a new actor for Luke, a new, you know, Alden for Han, and a new actor for Leia, actress for Leia. I want to see them interact. I want to see them have a Thrawn trilogy on Disney Plus. I want to see. I want to fill. Know, I would love to fill in the thirty years before the sequel yeah, trilogy. Rehabilitate you, it. Make it so that the keep taking the sequel trilogy and sinking it into Star Wars, yeah. doubling down on the good bits yeah. and trying to forget the wonkier bits. Yeah, you, like like how m- much further would would Rise of Skywalker's like relatively low opinion in the fandom get improved if? We had shows slowly building up Exegol and making that scene feel less of a marketing gimmick for a film. And yes, in the undercurrent, the Emperor's presence has never truly ebbed out of the universe. Yeah. It's never truly been gone. Yeah. yeah. If we start to see a, you know, a different form of Snoke pop up. You yes. Know, and like start to have tendrils in the galaxy explain the formation of the current new republic and of the first order and how they politically interact with each other just seeing the new republic (laughs) we've already gotten more new republic you know with the couple of x-wing patrolmen i love that x-wings are cop cars i love that too like when the x-wing lands uh at mos espo she's just like officer off like what i love how twisted up and weird that is is like the x-wing the 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 scrappy fighter the freedom fighters is now the police. Yeah, the heavy. Oh, I'm so here for it. Um, all right, so let's get back to Mando. Bo- sorry, Boba Fett. Don't do th- I'm not doing that on purpose. Everyone's going to do that. To Everyone's God. going to do that because... It, okay, so Grand Unifying Theory. I still think that this story is going to be this tale of the rise of Mandalore. Yeah, That Din yeah, is going yeah. to be the leader of his people by the end of the show. And that we are doing this fun thing with specifically Book of Boba Fett of like, oh, it's the Bible. Like, this is the chapter of... When the Apostle Boba Fett met the great Mandalore in his quest and journey. Like, I love that stuff. Um, And so I think it's really, it it is an absolutely integral part of things. And what's, what's, I think what's disappointing is I think too many of us are walking away from this like, man, Mando season three was great. And Boba Fett was cool. And like, I think the filmmakers at some level brought them on themselves because they gave Din more interesting things to do in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and it's tied 
a little probably too close. Like I think we could have had where he meets the armor, he decides he he you know he can't be part of this group anymore. He's released his helmet, all that kind of stuff. We get the uh, you know quest log updated. Must go to mines underneath the planet Mandalore to redeem oneself. Mm, yeah. You know this is the optional main quest mission. You can come back to later. It felt like he should have been out in the wilderness. The fact they brought him back with Grogu is like, okay, this is absolutely load-bearing content. You cannot yeah. miss this and yeah. continue the story. I completely agree. Um, but I I think the interesting thing about Boba Fett is if it doesn't get a second season, which I don't want it to. I want Boba Fett as the daimyo of Tatooine to appear in something else. Absolutely. I That's want that a want. thousand percent. That's where I'm at right now. Because uh, my my More feeling of the Boba Fett part of it when we're all said and done is it reminds me of like kind of the tale of like Cara Dune or Vanth Cobb. Like the Mando has come here. He is what? Cobb Vanth. Cobb Vanth. I'm, we're going to break He's the He's dead. Who cares? If I don't spray you when you pee on the floor, you'll never learn. I'm sorry. Shenick fan. Fan <laughs> Shenick. Ferenic. <laughs> Sharandic. Look, I'm old school Star Wars. Just put in one normal Vance Luke, Cobb, then I you could it. be dumb Skywalker. Han Solo? I guess that's a last name. Leia no, I'll bet you there's goofy. a person on Earth named Cobb. Um to be, right? So anyway. <laughs> I know people called that, but Ty Cobb that Cobb was still his last name. Mm, sure, um, sure, 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 sure. So but you have like where the Mandalorian has come to a place, fundamentally changed it, and we've had the opportunity to go back and see how those changes have 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 set in. Like we've seen a more rehabilitated Navarro. We've seen a we've seen what the Covens now mm-hmm. look like mm-hmm. afterwards, which is maybe less positive than some of the experienced Tins <laughs> have had. But like I feel like Boba Fett is just a massive one of those of where it's not exactly Din. Well, it is Din. It it. Mos Espa is free of Pike influence thanks to Din Djarin. Because if Din didn't get that armor from investigating the Mandalorian, which led to him meeting up with Boba Fett, leading to Boba Fett getting his armor back, to getting his ship back, to this, to that, to this, to that, to that. In all of that is a chain reaction of the Mandu walked through town and the world got more more interesting because of his presence. Yeah. Um and so there's a part of me that's like, I definitely want to see and follow up with these characters and see what Mos Espa looks like six months from now. But there's another part of me that's like, I don't, I feel like you worked really, really hard to establish the Daimo and his, his court. And at the very end, when they're doing sort of that heroic, like standing in a line, like here's your crew, right? With like yeah. the comic relief of the mayor's aide is now his aide, and Fennec Shan's a super duper murder lady who's his heavy. And then here's the honorable Boba Fett, and there's those miscreant kids that hang around the palace that he invited there. Those nutty kids and their modding, like you have this whole collection. Oh, and here's the Gamorrean brothers. Like you have this whole like lineup of of uh, of. Well, a they're cat. not there at the end because they dead. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. They'll clone them. I don't know. I Boba know. Fett's probably not. A, it, They'll I be more Gamorreans. There are plenty. Uh, that's right. They are both dead. I thought the one survived. No, now I'm thinking about No, no. They're super both dead. No, nah, they had to kill someone. And the Rancor. The Rancor's the Rancor. back there. Yeah, the Rancor. He's Ooh. waving behind them. Little Runty. The, the Rancor that could. Um, yeah. But you definitely can see uh, the, the cast of a second season. Yeah, for right? sure. But there's a part of me that's going like, but you've tied this so much to Din's story that I don't feel I could yeah. really 
watch an episode, even if you did all the work to establish the characters enough yeah. to make them their own show. Yeah. I don't really want that because they seem ancillary to uh, the main story. I mean, story. I would love a movie. And, and I think maybe we're at a point where we start as fans wondering, when do we get Star Wars movies that premiere I... on Disney Plus? Because it will happen eventually. <sighs> and I would prefer they're animated. But maybe you take the, you know, the Andor show, the Boba Fett show, and instead of doing another season, you do a two and a half hour single serving story. Well, I think, okay, so let's get to one of the other biggest pops. The, the pop, pop, pop uh, again, reminding the universe. So yeah, we're, we're making a show. Um, there's this kid, uh, Mac Purvis. We're going to basically make the show for him. Uh, if anyone else enjoys it, that'll be great. Okay, Cad freaking Bane. Stop bragging. Dude, it is... There is so few of this show, other than hanging around Jabba's Palace too much, because you know my opinions on, on Return of the Jedi sure, and sure. being over it. Other than that, like, this show's continued to say, hey, we made a show for Mac. But mm-hmm. here's a giant freaking Dyson Halo. Yep, those are in Star Wars now. Isn't that cool? And by the way, why don't we show it to you in an excruciatingly long take? Just so that Mac's happy. Yeah. Just like so Mac is just so I'm time. my heart's warmed yeah. and just so happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Let's show a guy who isn't force trained cutting his freaking leg apart with a lightsaber because no norms can't just pick it up and hope it works. <laughs> you got to have some See, of the force Luke or some was destiny. Impressive in Empire Strikes Back. He was. And Finn is even more impressive in Force Awakens because. That dude's yeah. got, like, Han Solo levels of Force energy by the time we get to Episode Nine, Love it. But he's got the Force working through him. That's why he can hold this thing and not murder everyone, including himself. Yeah. Um. So. I love it. Cad, Cad Bane, Bane <laughs> being in this show and the fact that uh, I thought it was so great to be like, you look out in the wilderness, you see this blurry figure. And at first, I'm like, huh, it's just a solitary person walking through the desert. Who's that ballsy? I'm like, well, Ahsoka got moved out. Maybe she's coming coming in. She's decided to go help the Mandalorian. And I mean, it's a weird way to show it in Freetown, but whatever. And then it comes back to Kyle He's like, tell everybody to get indoors. I'm like, why? Is it cut back? I'm like, I mean, it's just this really skinny person. And obviously, wait a minute. That's just like a really wide-brimmed hat. <laughs> no. Cut back. Cut back. They're like, oh, Oh no, it is. I can almost see the silhouette of where his neck hosing is. Like, and when he finally shows up, speaking of things I want to see is I want to know how much was animatronic versus CGI, how much yeah. was on set and not, because yeah. there are certain parts where I look at it and I go, that screams to me puppetry. Yeah. And then there are other parts where I'm like, I can't tell. I can't tell if it is. And part of it is because a Duros with this, navy blue skin and these big red eyes is yeah. a fairly unnatural creature you're yeah. not it's not like a human where you can really scrutinize you it. know what to look for yeah and, and well and the thing is like and even like puppetry now will add blinks and stuff digitally will add slicks of wet digitally like they'll do things to make a puppet sink into the world a little bit with a little bit of digital sure heck even the muppets go and mask out their hand rods so you don't see the actual hand movements that are moving the puppets. Like, so I'm used to plussing with CGI, but I can't tell where it begins and ends. Mm-hmm. And there are definitely parts where there is a human being in a co- cosplay for some of those behind the back or him walking with his feet. Like, there's definitely some reality to that. But he comes in and he's working for the Pikes and I was just 
I had three thoughts like all just leap at me. One, this is awesome, and thank you for hiring Corey Burden and just just doing it. Just mm-hmm. it's Cad Bane. Mm-hmm. There's no point. We can't improve on that. Just mm-hmm. Cad Bane. Mm-hmm. Two, this mother lover, he has survived capturing and murdering senators in the Galactic Senate. Being involved in the assassination of Zero the Hutt, survives all the way through the end of the Clone Wars, fights the Bad Batch, basically murders one of them Mm -hmm. uh, because he's that fast on the draw, which I thought was great that they fully, in Bad Batch, established that he is a quick draw artist, which was, he was fast to the draw in there, but they made it his special skill, which really made him more dangerous in this scene to me. Um... And he somehow survives the entire Dark Ages and the Galactic Civil War, apparently has bad opinions about the Empire based on the way he talks or the way he's trying to encourage the town of like, yeah, they're Boba Fett work for the Empire. Y'all hate them, right? Like that little line. I'm like, what was he doing during the Galactic Civil War? Where's my Cad Bane yeah. book series? Where's my Cad Bane comic yeah. books? Where's my well, Cad Bane video game? Now. There's no well, doubt it'll be coming now. His life... I'll be blunt. I assumed he died during the dark times. And I assumed that bad batch might've actually got to that because they did such a good job introducing him in this Yeah, and already establishing him feeling a little older and a little out of step. Yeah. He apparently gets his edge back. He'll be fine because <laughs> he's alive and well all the way to six years after Endor, yeah. which is mind boggling to me. Yeah. And then they made him the, the, the last piece of the puzzle is especially when the deputy gets him killed which I thought was very well written. It's the deputy isn't doing anything bad, but the deputy doesn't have the nerve he does. And him constantly looking over his deputy to make sure his deputy doesn't screw this up is just enough of distraction that in a contest of two people who draw their guns really, really fast, mm-hmm. the one who's not distracted is going to kill you first. Yeah, for sure. Um, And when he did that, killed both of them, told the town like, hey, here's here's what you need to do is not do anything with this guy. Stay the frick away. And him walking back into the desert was like, wow, the pikes are a threat. Yeah. They have a, a chess piece on the board now that makes their threat to Boba Fett and Din and other main mm-hmm. characters feel like, oh, some of them are going to die. Yeah. Boba Fett may not escape. He might die, but he dies winning or whatever. Like, you know, Pyrrhic victory. Like, Cad Ah, Bane made that threat at the end (laughs) really, really feel credible and won. Okay. So, I also enjoyed seeing Cad Bane. I love seeing him in live action. Um, Just how great is it that we have a character from Clone Wars facing off against a character from a novel in live action? Like, that is the benefit of Star Wars not still being only owned by Lucasfilm, right? We talk about that all the time. This is where we are, and I'm here to enjoy it. Yes. My only... Because I pretty much agree and love everything you said about Cat Bane. My only thoughts and feelings in addition to it are... I wish we would have gotten, because of the dialogue between him and Boba and the great interactions they have, it's some of the best stuff in the show in episode seven, right? Some of Boba's best stuff in the show. There are certain things that just like, okay, if you're going to do this, 
why are you not showing me Boba Fett's past with Cad Bane? Why are we not establishing that? You know, oh. why are we not talking about that? And so then I get to wonder, well, is the Bad Batch going to get there? Is something else in the works planning on getting there? Just like, you know, we met Fennec and Mando and then again in Boba and then she shows up in the Bad Batch. But basically my point is it felt like they were drawing a lot of nostalgia for Cad Bane. Mm-hmm. But it's just weird to not well, have anything for your average watcher to really connect that, you know, well, especially the... when the show has relied so much on flashbacks. Well, Cad Bane and Boa are definitely characters that have worked together and clashed in Clone Wars when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. There's like the train heist where they had like Dengar and stuff show up and all of that. And then beating is Cad in that episode. But even if but regardless of that, right. What I'm talking you, you about feel is like for they're your drawing a specific audience member. Yeah. Like like well, that's it, that's the world we're going into yeah. like we talked about with High Republic of like the huh, do, I should see the pop-up, you know, go see these yeah. episodes of Clone Wars. Well, like, you're right. If, it's if, back if, to if more again, of the if same. you're yeah. if if you're specific the thing about it is to me, I'm like, I don't feel it was a specific event because especially when Boba says he's a kid tells me that Boba Fett hasn't seen this guy since he was like yeah. a teenager. Like for sure. So, for sure. so to me, I just go, those are the Clone Wars episodes. That's when Boba is getting a crew together and becoming a bounty hunter and yeah. figuring this all out. And he's in competition with big right. heavies like Cad Bane. Right. That being said, if you didn't watch Clone Wars, you would not even know that. And even in Clone Wars, there's not like a moment of like, oh, this is the Cad vs. Boba episode. Like, right. they don't have this history of really clashing or having a mentor relationship or anything like that. Right. And my point is, they imply through some of the dialogue that they have more of that relationship. Yeah. And with all of the young Boba stuff we got, I'm talking like Daniel Logan Boba. Yeah. I'm shocked we didn't get something there. That's all. Because I, well, I don't expecting. think I don't think Cad Bane was supposed to outlive his initial plot arc, but I think he just was a fan favorite, so they kept sure, writing for sure. him and no, they kept I, writing for I, him I and they kept it. writing for it. him. And by now, like they're putting that seed in there because they're like, we're going to keep writing Cad Bane stories. Cad Bane is dead, but the stories of Cad Bane have only started. See, it'll be interesting to see if Cad Bane is dead. I'm not. I'm not convinced. We'll see. Uh... <sighs> I feel it is mostly because I don't think Boba Fett's someone who's going to go like, I shot him once. Never check him. Don't yeah. incinerate the body. Don't yeah. do these eight things <laughs> to make well, sure he's super hyper. The dude has a recurrent breathing system. I feel Boba Fett would double check. <laughs> I'm not sure Boba would want him dead, you know, based on who this character is. You know, well, like, I thought see, I have to admit, we don't know a lot of the history that they might be alluding here, Here's to. the reason. That's he, the kind of stuff I'm talking the about. The reason I think he's dead is because I was with you and I was expecting, like, when there's the moment where he's got him down with the gaffy stick and he's like, you know, like, like you know, you're defeated. That's yeah. the moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Cad Bane decides to kill himself by saying, see, I always knew you were a killer. I thought that was the moment where... Boba Fett then, like, I don't know, pops off one of the neck hosing or does something that Cad Bane is truly out of out of commission. Yeah. And him just go, going like, no, you see, I'm not. And he's going to step away and let Cad Bane get away because yeah. Cad Bane is just a merc and Boba Fett's whole thing is to build a better place right. for his kind of people. Right. And so even though Cad Bane was on the other side, he's only on the other side for money. There's yeah. nothing personal here. Yeah. Right? And then he's like, no, I'm going to ice you i'm gonna murder the hell out of you i'm like oh yeah then cad bane must be dead because i don't see 
why you yeah. would spend that that spend that character cachet yeah. and not not and, continue and that's on. and it's fine to show boba overcoming that but to make it more monumental more history with the characters would be better i also just want to say i think anyone who thinks that mace windu is still alive that's bonkers nonsense oh. i yeah, I, I mean, anything's possible. Either. Once you bring Darth Maul back, there are no limits. There is no good decorum. There is no... Well, you brought back a guy who was cut in half canonically and thrown down a bottomless pit. We saw it happen. We saw him being cut in half. We saw a guy thrown over a balcony into a bottomless pit into an overloading reactor of a space station, and he came back. He sure did. We have absolutely gone to comic book levels of nonsense of, it doesn't even matter if you have a body. Maybe there's a clone or a life decoy model or a parallel dimension <laughs> version. Like, yeah. the, the second Star Wars brings in multiverse, we're done. Star Wars has no yeah. limits, no rules, no nothing. Yeah. Well, you could argue when, when Harrison, when digitally created Harrison Ford interacts with solo Harrison Ford, and they're going like, "You look just like me," then we're done. I'm done ah. with Star Wars. I'm gonna yeah. have to pack you up have my the carpet scene bag. Of two Falcons doing a figure eight in the air together, <laughs> like, maneuver. But but the one Falcon, oh the, the the cockpit's on the other side instead That's... of when you're looking at it from the front instead of being on the left, yeah. it's on the right because yeah, so it's the other. Yeah. It's the oh, mirror universe it. Falcon. I love that. Okay. Anyway. So I like Cad Bane a lot. Yes. Uh, the best scene in the whole show besides Boba and Cad talking. And of course, some of the, you know, the, the Mando stuff is, uh, when Grogu, uh, basically soothes the Rancor to sleep yes. and then curls up in a ball next to it and they fall asleep together. Um, adorable. How could you not give the show a 10 out of 10 after seeing that? I'm really not sure. Because if you watch that and you're like, well, this isn't the best thing I've ever seen, then I don't understand it. Uh, so that's where I am with that. It's great. And then, um, like you said, there there is a little bit of like the, well, you're right. Why does he kill Cad Bane? Maybe it would be a better ending for him not to or do something different. I like, you know, your idea of wounding him uh, in a way where he is out of the fray. Um it's also weird that you have that moment at the end of Boba Fett's like, maybe we aren't cut out for this after we just almost died getting this. Yeah. Like, now you're in the end game. Well, like, oh, okay. So my favorite Boba Fett is an old man joke. I love the, like, why does the salute have to be with the right arm? Oh, it's good. I, I loved, loved him. I love that they made Boba Fett as a character because I can enjoy the best color scheme character in all of Star Wars now. But... <laughs> I just, it's, some of it is weird. Some of it, Again, I don't know if I it's feel the writing that, or the directing or I what. feel that very end, though, is very much a, yeah, I don't know if we're cut out for this. Wait till you see the crazy hijinks we get into in season two. It does feel that way. Um, I, and for the record, I I sent this joke to, did I send it to you? Might have sent it to you. Like, as soon as I'm done, I'm like, wow, that was really good. Can't wait to see the Parks and Rec-like season two of this, where Boba Fett is trying to administrate the city. And, oh, look at all the weirdos who live here. <laughs> the Trandoshan quarter's mad at the, at yeah. the uh, you well, know. Well, we did get some of that in this. Um, boy, I, I really had a great time. Another scene I just want to call out in the show as a whole, because, you know, maybe we didn't give enough credit to the Boba Fett stuff today, is when he's having dinner with all of the families trying to get them to agree to stay neutral mm -hmm. and the rancor just, you know, hits the floor grate from the bottom when someone threatens to kill Boba Fett and then he just passes it the little bone through the floor. <laughs> that is 
an amazing Star Wars scene. And that is the kind of stuff well, that makes this feel like a universe. And that's the and kind I, of I just, it's so much progressiveness fun. that I really enjoyed about this version of Star Wars. Like, I like that they, they when they have uh, the Rancor Keeper um, uh, played by Danny Trejo, was really great in the sense of like, yeah, they are usually raised for gladiator con- combat, but these creatures are actually blah, 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 blah. Like, you almost had, like, a fighting dog kind of, like, yeah. conversation of, like, well, you could raise a dog to fight, but good people don't. Yeah. Like, these beasts aren't inherently brutal killing machines. They are just turned into that by mm-hmm. jerks like us. And I'm like, I like the fact yeah. that you sort of just are rehabilitating some of the more, you know, as we go further, the less comfortable elements of star Wars lore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's pretty awesome. And that's, and that's the tasteful ways to do it. Like we've talked many, many times about Boba Fett's ship. And I like how we just don't say this word slave one slave. <laughs> one might still be what it's registered. It still might be as transponder just code. It just yeah. doesn't matter. We're just mm-hmm. moving beyond saying those words rather than trying to have to canonly unwrite it. We're just yeah. going to move on and just, this he just calls it his patrol craft because it's just a vehicle to him. He doesn't have a connection to name it yeah. or anything. I like it. Uh, let's at least touch on the post credit scene. So after yes. the uh, concept art, you know, mm-hmm. we see a uh, back to tank and we see Cobb Vanth in there. And we see the, um, I don't know if we actually got a name for him, the uh, Augment Doctor. The, what are they the modder the modder yes the mod doc the, who runs with the mod the blonde dreads the mod parlor which yeah. for the record the soundtrack is now fully out for book of boba fett oh i need to go you should it. go listen to the mod parlor it was ridiculous and awesome it is what, I, yeah. it's what the hip kids are listening to in the star wars universe <laughs> your parents would I mean, understand I enjoyed it in the episode i thought it was fun there so i will i have not gone it was only um like episode four that I realized how chanty that intro was, and they're just saying Boba Fett over Boba and over again. Fett. Yeah, I didn't realize that at first. It took me some time. So well, I do need to go. The, to the finale, there. the final credits spell it out a little more. I think because okay. I think the early ones when you see in the first season, yeah. it is, but I think it's in like Mendo Ah or okay. Hutties or something. Because like it has that. a lot of the same like syllable pronunciations. I went back and listened to it. It does, but, but it's not in High Galactic. Oh, I didn't it's, compare them. It's not in Basic. Oh, it's in okay. some other language earlier oh, in the show. I didn't compare them. Okay. Well, I need to go because I heard it when I was watching the finale. So clearly I just assumed that's what it had been. Yeah. Uh, and we hadn't talked about it yet. So, yeah. So we see Cobb Van survived. That's wonderful. Very happy to hear it. We know Chrysanthemum. I mean, I love the fact that he is on Boba's team now, you know. I also like to show why Wookiees are terrified when he just takes some blaster bolts. Yeah. Just takes them yeah. no armor no anything just wookies are built with rhino hide they just yeah. can take a few and also to be frank because the, if you have read the comics you maybe get a little bit of this but he is even more so like a beyond a typical wookie he is like the captain america of the wookies like yes he is a foot taller than chewbacca he is wider and more muscular and thicker legs and a, a presumably like thicker hide or whatever you know like he is beefed up right right so when you see chewbacca take a blaster to the arm and need a sling that's not well, yeah, a che- comparison che- it's che- just a chewbacca difference. is like chris evans yeah. right right and then then Chrysanthemum is like your The Rock or Dave <laughs> Batista. Oh, <laughs> uh, Batista would probably be so happy to be in that conversation. I love that. You just know how happy that would just, make him. Just giant yeah. Dorito man. No, I know, I know. That's so funny. Uh, Mac, I am. 
I overall thoroughly enjoyed the show. I just restarted. I just finished my Bad Batch rewatch where I went through and rated it all the same way I did Clone Wars and Rebels. So now I have started going through Mandalorian from the beginning and I will get to Boba Fett. I will do a rewatch and then maybe we'll recheck in on where all of Star Wars TV lands mm-hmm. uh, before Kenobi because we well, have a date for that now. Yeah, we do. What Did you see him during the Super Bowl commercial? There's a Super uh-huh. Bowl commercial with you and McGregor and I'm yeah. like, Nice beard there. I wonder what you grew that up for. <laughs> I wonder what that's for. Um, oh, boy. We have so much to come with Kenobi. I can't wait to talk about it. All right. Let's go wrap this up. There's another one in the can, all done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's been a great year for Star Wars so far. <laughs> I mean, hey, we are in February and we already have a whole TV show under our belt. So, and we know when our next one's coming. About. Yep, we know when our next one's coming. We are so excited to talk Kenobi at the end of May. Um, I mean, we'll definitely talk about it when the time comes. I, I will don't be think watching we'll be able... it at Celebration. I'm oh, so stoked. Yeah, that's gonna be great. I will not be at Celebration, so Mac will tell me all about it. All the behind-the-scenes Jedi Fallen Order 2 stuff he sees. Hopefully. Uh, yeah, hopefully. Um, boy, nothing not to be optimistic about when it comes to Star Wars. Enjoying no. it. Enjoying the High Republic. Really hope we get some High Republic content on Disney Plus at some point. Um, well, we will. The Acolyte well, will eventually come out. Yeah, we'll be, yeah, we'll probably be the first thing. But, uh, you know, hopefully we get a Bad Batch 2 premiere date soon. Maybe a yeah. new animated show announcement at Celebration. You know, hopefully a lot and or get coming a date. this year. And or get a date. I imagine that has to be soon. And also, I'm hoping sooner than later we get a sort of heads up on Mando Season 3 slash 4. Um, yeah. And just kind of a, is that something that's coming early next year? Yeah. or Because, again, at one point it was the end of this year. Right. I can't at imagine. At one point it was like spring this year is what we all presumed. Correct. Um, so I get the feeling that that's, those, change, those plans probably moved. But yeah. we'll see. Um, did you get yourself a Razor's Crest? I did not. No, I sure didn't. You didn't have that just in your back pocket no. ready to go? I also didn't pack the Rancor, but that failed, so. Uh, no, I did not get the Razor Crest. I have not, uh, not really uh, bought any Star Wars stuff lately outside of books. I've That's been kind bad. of being a good, a good boy. Uh, That's not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. I got my, uh, I got my, my, my Haslab project yeah, that I forgot to cancel, but it's here. Yeah, tell, tell the people what you want. I, I got the 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 Amblin Pulse Rifle mm-hmm, Nerf. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is long. It's really. It is the longest gun Nerf has ever made, yeah. and I was surprised because on top of it being long. It came in a box pre-assembled, so yeah. it didn't come in parts that like click in to make it long. It's just ridiculously long, which is it's it's like four and a half feet. It's I can't long. believe they shipped that. <laughs> I 
Well, that was the whole thing is when I got it, I'm like, oh, you know what? I didn't need to cancel this. I didn't really need this in my life. And then I looked at the box. I'm like, it's going to cost so much to ship this back. <laughs> I don't look through like, yeah, it didn't come with just a packing slip. We're like, well, for returns, just put it on this. Because this six foot long box. Yeah, I'm sure that's standard flat rate. Oh, wait, it's not. <laughs> uh, so it lives with me now. It's okay. Yeah. It's a collector's item that will appreciate in value. That's true. Uh, it's it's pretty neat. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean... It, it's gosh I, I, I just gotta say it again star wars is in a good place we have yeah. a good future this this year is already shaping up to be optimistic pretty good mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. couldn't yeah. agree more mac very excited man can't wait for tomorrow to watch a new episode of uh oh, uh, oh. moon night soon 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 that looks soon. good holy moonlight crap, looks nuts i mean we, so we are very big oscar i have a crush on oscar isaac i'm fine <laughs> um like He's and he's going to get actor. so much he's work. He's going to be great. And you can just tell it's going to, like, Marvel has found their running with the shows, it seems like now. With yeah. Stuff like this. And I can't wait. It's going to be exciting. And again, we've got Kenobi and all the hype train is just slowly leaving the station, starting to get going. Like I said, I saw the Super Bowl with Hugh McGregor and like there's his beard. And I'm like, oh, just start sending, give me the set photos. Just start mm-hmm. giving me the stuff. Because mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. the next big thing in Star Wars. But that's that's in our future. But, uh, yeah. We have lots of High Republic books before then. That's true. And book books, actually. We have a lot of books this year. That's true. New Star Wars book just got announced. Sorry, oh. I know you're about to wrap, oh, but yes. I should mention it. it the, you're invited to a wedding. Yeah, the scoundrel and the princess. princess. The princess and the scoundrel. I think it's the princess and the scoundrel. Princess and the scoundrel. And it's going to take place on the Starlight Cruiser, whatever. The the Halcyon, whatever. The uh-huh. uh, So, that's going to be fun. Yeah. And and Beth Revis wrote one of my favorite current canon Star Wars books, The Young Jin Adventures, whatever that, Rebel Rising. Rebel Rising. And that book, I cannot say enough good things about. We've talked about that book at length. It's, it's, so, uh, very excited to uh, read about the uh, conception of Ben Solo. Yeah, I can't wait to uh, have and see who, uh, if there's anyone who objects and like... Think of all yeah. the characters who could. Star Wars is moving like his beyond first kissing, wife baby. and Here stuff like go. that. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm yeah. sure that's been resolved in the comics. You know what? Divorce She's is okay. A- her and Afra hooking up. I hear. Good for them. Yeah, I, I really need to catch up on that. Why? Boy, why I'm not? I'm it's like Legos. Just to hook them all together. They all hook together. All the parts fit. Oh, baby. So until next Wednesday, <laughs> I'm Mac and I'm Ross. And may the force be with you. This production is not endorsed by any other property and is the sole responsibility of Mac Purvis III, Ross Greco, and those involved in its production. It is meant for entertainment purposes only. Other than content provided by this production's providers, all music, music clips, sound bites, rights are reserved, and their respective owners have not endorsed any aspect of this show. Copyright 2022.